Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. We, de we discern the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit in this moment. And so, Father, we yield ourselves over to you. I yield myself as the vessel through which you will speak through my vocal cords, think through my mind, and operate through my limbs. And I declare that every person that's in this room and those that are watching online, they yield, Father, to you as well. And they're going to receive a, a download from you through me. Father, I thank you that I get out of the way that as you release and reveal and teach and give us divine understanding as it relates to honor, that you help us to operate on another level of understanding of your kingdom. And we declare that as we do, your kingdom will advance through us. Your kingdom is always advancing. We declare, Father, that your kingdom is progressing and that we are agents of supernatural change. This is a year of progression for us. And so, Father, there's a mantle, there's an anointing, there's a level of favor over us, our children, and our children's children. There is multi-generational favor that rests upon us to experience progress in 2022. And we declare, Father, that we receive it by faith in Jesus' name, and all of us said amen. amen, and amen. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Look at somebody. Look at somebody. Say, you look nice. All right, y'all can have your seat. Have your seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. For those of you that are watching online, uh, I thank God for you. I appreciate you. This is Honor Day. We've honored uh, all these people in all these different categories. Uh, tomorrow is Memorial Day. So let's just acknowledge the fact that some people actually pray, paid the ultimate price and gave their lives for us. So let's honor them as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All gave some, but some gave all. And some actually sacrificed everything. Hallelujah for us. All right. All right, you may be seated. So let, let me talk about the importance of honor in the kingdom. Say the kingdom. Sometimes we don't understand that the Bible is a book about a king. <laughs> the Bible is a book about a king, and we are in his kingdom. And so what happens with the Bible, if you approach the Bible with the wrong mindset, oftentimes like with a Western mindset, if you're looking at the Bible and you come from the perspective of like a president or a prime minister, you would never understand the king. And so from a kingdom mindset, he establishes a culture, and his culture is a culture of honor. In the kingdom, you probably heard it said that faith, say faith. faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. That's how we make an exchange in the kingdom. But while the currency is faith, the culture is honor. Say honor. Art, I think sometimes we don't understand or acknowledge that we're sit, we are in two places at the same time because we're in the kingdom. Once you're born again, you're in the kingdom. You are in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you and you're in two places. Say two places at the same time. So right now you are seated at 3911 St. Barnabas Road in Suitland, Maryland, and at the same time, say same time, at the same time you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And so Jesus understood that he was in two places, he was in two realms at the same time, and he operated in two realms at the same time, and he saw himself as an agent that brought the two realms together. And so whenever he operated or in, encountered something in the earth that didn't look like heaven, he was able to bring heaven to the earth. He caused both realms to collide at the same time. Time. Say amen to that. 
Amen. So you're seated in, in heavenly places. You're also seated, those of y'all that are sitting down, at 3911 St. Barnabas Road. Those of you that are at home, you're probably seated on your couch. But at the same time, you're up there. So understand that there's another realm, and this realm is the realm of the kingdom. And so we have to get an understanding. You will never maximize what you do not understand. And so, so Solomon said, in all thy getting, get an understanding. The Lord sent me here on honor day. Every year we talk about honor, Elder Bell, right? Every year, honor day, we talk about honor, we teach on honor, all that kind of thing. And so, as I was praying about what to share this morning, the Lord had me to just meditate on this to the point where uh, the title of today's message is very clear. It's about understanding honor, and the title is, listen, uh, that if you don't, uh, understanding honor can change your life. Let me say that. Say, understanding honor can change my life. Now, now, now I, I'm not saying that that's not an overstatement. I'm like, for real, for real. In a few minutes, I'm just going to talk to you for, for a few minutes, and I'm going to talk to you about the way that God sees honor and understanding what God is about to say to you through me, that this can literally change your life, and it can change your life forever. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, so, so understanding honor can change your life. Let me lay the foundation. So when I was uh, praying about this, you know, uh, for those of you that, that know, I like to use the dictionary from 1828. This is Noah Webster's dictionary from 1828 because today words mean crazy stuff. All right, so back then, I looked at honor, and, and the Bible says, in the, um, not the Bible, the dictionary says, honor means to revere, to respect, to treat with deference or submission to, right? So I'm honoring somebody, I'm valuing them, I'm acknowledging them, and I'm treating them with respect. The reference actually in the dictionary from back then is from Exodus chapter 20 and verse 2, where we honor our father and mother, right? So we are supposed to honor our parents. So it means to reverence, to entertain with the most exalted thoughts, right? So, so it's like this, uh, Elder Angie. So, so I'm entertaining. Now, we all know that people are human, right? We all know that people have a human side. <laughs> and so, so, but when I'm thinking about somebody, if I'm honoring that person, then I'm entertaining them with the most valued or the most highly esteemed thoughts. I'm not thinking about all the things to do wrong, right? Even though I could, right? But, but for me to honor them, I can't stumble over their humanity, right? For me to honor them, I have to see them the way that God sees them. In John 5 and 3, uh, uh, the Bible says that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. It is to dignify. It is to raise in distinction, right? So when you honor someone, what you're doing is you are elevating your opinion of them, and you are attempting to see them, Brother Bullock, the way that God sees them, right? So I, I, what I want to do is I want to see someone the way that God sees them. And so when I'm looking at somebody, I honor them, I, I elevate my opinion of them, and I value them. Say value. All right, so within the context of the grace of God, because like Elder Bell said, I like to talk about grace. So what happens is, Brother Bullock, when I'm, when I'm honoring you, let me say I'm going to honor you. You and I, we were in the army together. We go way back, right? And so, so now, watch this. You probably know some stuff about me, right, from back in the day that I probably did some crazy stuff. I know some stuff about you. You did some crazy stuff. But by the grace of God, I'm not going to allow, watch this, I'm not going to allow my knowledge of your flaws to keep me from seeing you the way that God sees you, Right? And so, so now I'm highly esteeming you, and I, why? Why is it that I, I'm not going to allow your flaws to keep me from my perspective of you? Because God does not allow your flaws to keep you from his perspective of you. When God looks at you, he's not bringing up your mistakes. 
But the problem is that down here, oh, that's what people like to do, messy people. Not y'all, because we, we at VCMI. But y'all know some messy people say messy. Messy people, they just like to bring up stuff. You know what I'm saying? Always talking about somebody. Always, you know, got their na- your name in their mouth. All that kind of stuff. They just messy. Say messy. But not us because we're people of honor, right? So honorable people are not bringing up people's faults, bringing up people's faults or flaws or failures. We are uh, attempting to see them the way that God sees them. We, we are seeking to honor them and choosing to acknowledge the best about them. See, we're not going to dishonor or dismiss or devalue anyone because we understand that everybody has value. Say, I have value. Everyone has value. Pastor Tony said it this way. He said, when you honor God, you honor his people. And when you honor his people, this means that you see them the way that God sees them, and you relate to them that way without tripping over their humanity. Right? So you're going to relate to them the way that God sees them without tripping over their humanity. See, God knows that you're messed up. God knows that you ain't all that. But God calls you all that because God, we, we, we serve a God that calls you from, to your to-be stage from your right-now stage. And so God is not allowing your hang-ups to keep him from blessing you. And, and then what happens is when we start being led of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's, in the King James it says, we ought to know no man after the flesh. So, so when we're being led of the Holy Spirit, we actually start to perceive things about people sometimes that they haven't even seen in themselves, all right? right. So now we start to see things, and we start to minister to people, and it happens at the altar all the time. We call for people to come to the altar, and the elders and the ministers are up here, and they start to see things about the people that maybe they don't even see in themselves. And they start to call those things which be not as though they were, because that's how it is with the kingdom of God and a kingdom of honor. Say amen to that. Amen. All right. So, so this is important. The reason why this is important, Kenny, is because God has chosen to use people, right? Because God can do whatever he wants. Say God is God. God is God. God can do whatever he wants, right? Because God is God. God sits on the circle of the earth. Who am I to tell God what to do? I can't tell God what to do. He can do whatever he wants. So God can minister to you right now. Like the power of God could just hit you right now. It doesn't have anything to do with me or what I'm preaching or what we sang. None of that. God is God. He can do whatever he wants. Amen to that. But the thing is that what I've learned and what the Bible teaches is that God chooses to operate through people, right? He chooses. He doesn't have to do it. He can do whatever he wants, but God chooses to operate through people. And so when God operates through a human, through a, or through a person, that, that is called the anointing. Say the anointing. And it has nothing to do with the person. It has everything to do with God. I'm going to give you an example. I remember we were in uh, uh, 14747 Arizona Road in, in, uh, in Woodbridge, Virginia, and Apostle Cynthia, I think it was even like a, a, a a Bible study. It could have been like Tuesday night Bible study or something. And, and uh, Apostle Cynthia was preaching, and she said, you know what, God, the, the power of God to heal is present tonight. And so, so if you need healing, come up here. And several people came up for healing. And Elder Bell, then she said this. Mom said, hey, I can lay hands on you, but I'm not going to do that. Hey, anybody here has God, has anybody here never been used by God to heal somebody? And a few hands went up. And she was like, oh, come on, come up here. And I remember this lady came up, and there was a lady there, and she had an issue in her back. And mom said, God has never used you to heal anybody. She said, no. Okay, cool. And then she went over to the other lady and said, you need healing. 
She said, yes. She said, okay, cool. She was like, all right, now, now you lay hands on her, and we're going to believe for healing. And so she laid hands on her. Bam, the power of God hit her, and, and we felt like, and so the lady started bending over, doing things that she couldn't do before. And what happened? Why? Because it was not about her. It was the anointing, right? Now, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. This is what we do, and that's why, this is why honor is so important. Let's say, for example, I'm going to use you two for an example, right? Now, I'm not saying this is the case because, you know, you love each other. But let's say, for example, you were the one that needed healing, and you're the one that mom called up. But if you two had an issue with each other, right? And then you look at her and be like, I ain't trying to get no, mm-mm. So now, here's the problem. Now you have a problem with the human in the loop. The anointing is when God ministers through a human. And you can receive from any human. You can receive from the God on any human. As long as you don't have a hang-up with the human. Now when you have a hang-up with the human, there's no honor. When you have a hang-up with the human... Like, that's why, that's why, that's why, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to teach this thing. This is why, if you understand this, you can start to receive from the people that are right here in this room. If you understand what I'm about to teach, glory to God, you can stop allowing your hangups with people to keep you from receiving from the anointing on people, and you can start seeing them the way that God sees them, and, and, and you can receive from them. Watch, there's somebody in this room right now that other people are being blessed by, but you're not being blessed by that because you can't stand that person. Oh, snap. Did I say that? I said that. So God will use the person despite the person, and God is not hung up with their hang-ups, but, so, but you are. And because you are, you can't receive from the anointing on a person. This is why Pastor Tony said this in Sons, Sons and Daughters, Elder Bell, uh, one of the most powerful teachings. Uh, you know how dad would just say something, he'll talk about it for two, three minutes, and then just move on. And I was like, man, you could have talked about that for some more, right? He was talking about managing your exposure. He said one of the most powerful things that you have to do as a man of God or a woman of God is discern how to manage your exposure. And, and let me explain what I mean. He was saying that God exposes you to people, and God exposes you to experiences. And when God exposes you to people, it's because there's something on that person that you need for your life. And so you got to manage your exposure. Think about the people that God has graced you to operate in. I know for me, for my life, I operate in ministry. I operate in the marketplace. I still operate in the military. I'm operating in different areas. And in every area of my life, God has given me exposure to so many people. And there's things that are on those people that I need, but I can't receive from those people if I start looking at them after the flesh. I have to see them in the Spirit. Say amen to that. So you have to manage your exposure. What is it? Who is it that God has exposed you to? Your blessing that you said that you're waiting on, I'm believing God. Listen, your blessing may be right here in this room, but you're not receiving it because of a lack of honor. Say honor. honor. Apostle Tony said, perspective is the key. Perspective has everything to do with where you sit 
and where you sit determines what you see, and what you see determines what you do. And so, so you got to discern who it is that God is exposing me to. What is it that God is trying to teach me? Why is it that God has connected me to these people? Think about it. Think about your own life right now. Think about the people that God has connected you with in this season. In this season of progression, God has opened doors for you that no man can close. He's closed doors for you that no man can open. He's exposed you to people, and you're like, man, why am I exposed to these kind of people? Well, because God is trying to elevate you. He, for you to operate on that level, there's some relationships and connections that you got to have on that level. And so then God will increase you and connect you, give you some, some more divine appointments on this level. And now you don't understand it because you don't have a functional understanding yet, and you don't even see yourself operating on that level yet. But God exposed you to people on that level because he, he wants you to maximize that level. And then he will expose you to another level, and then another level, and then, but, but, but watch this. But you won't be exposed. You won't continue to grow if you have an issue with the people that God is trying to use to bless you. Say amen to that. So God exposes you to people that he's trying to get something to you. But the Bible says, no, no man after the flesh. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. Let me read it to you from the easy to read version. It says, from this time on, we don't think of anyone the way the world thinks of people. See, we don't think of anyone the way the world thinks of people. See, the, the way it, it works with the world is that the world is looking for your earthly qualifications. But in the kingdom, God could just promote you with no qualifications. So, 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 so watch this. Was David qualified to be the next king of Israel when the man of God anointed him? Of course not. Was Gideon qualified to be a mighty man of valor when the angel showed up? Of course not. And so, so we serve a God that would just put his mantle, he would put his stamp of approval on you, and then he will send you to people to be a blessing, but those same people can't receive it if they are still hung up on your past. If they see, still see you as Pookie, you know, Pookie from the, that's just Pookie from the corner over there. Watch. <laughs> if they see you like that, they can't receive. Now, now you're a man of God, but they can't get past the fact that y'all used to play freeze tag, you know, red light, green light, one, two, three. And so you got to get past that. You got to see people from God's perspective, from God's point of view. This is why, this is why it's actually easier to receive from a stranger than it is to receive from the people that you know well. So how are you managing your exposure? So let me, let me talk about, as I'm flowing in this vein on the anointing, let me differentiate for a moment between the glory, say the glory, glory. and the anointing. Let me differentiate between those two real quick. So, so the glory, say the glory. Now, the glory is when God just manifests His presence, right? God is everywhere at the same time. So I left my house in Haymarket, Virginia this morning, and when I left my house in Haymarket, Virginia, God was with me in Haymarket, Virginia, but I was driving to Suitland, Maryland. And so when I was in Haymarket, Virginia, God was with me, and He was in Suitland, Maryland at the same time. And when I was driving, watch this, I was driving, God was with me in the car, and at the same time, He was in Haymarket, and at the same time, He was in Suitland. I cannot give you a grid coordinate where God is because there is no great coordinate where he is not, right? God is everywhere at the same time. But that doesn't mean that God manifests his glory everywhere at the same time. So there are moments, say moments. There are moments where God just 
manifest his glory. I remember the Bible says, Moses said, Lord, show me. I want to see you face to face. And God was like, son, you don't even know what you're asking for. Now, one day you're going to have a glorified body where you can handle that. But right now you can't even handle that. And so, so he took him up into the mountain. He said, this is what we're going to do, Art. He said, I'm going to put a rock in front of you, a big old stone because you can't handle it. And then inside that stone, I'm going to go a little crack. A little crack inside the stone. And then watch this. I got a pat. I'm going to cover your face first. I'm going to walk past you. I'm going to just let the backside of my glory go through the little crack in the rock. And that little bit of glory, bam, hit him to where when he came down from the mountain, people were like, oh, my God. And that's just a little bit of glory. And the Apostle Paul said in the New Covenant, if you thought that was something, under the New Covenant, we have a greater glory because of the Holy Ghost, right? So there are moments when God just manifests His glory. If God manifests His glory right now in this moment, watch this, then that brother way back there in the back corner, he could just jump up and say, glory, and he could receive healing or whatever he came for without anybody laying hands on him. When the glory shows up, let me explain it this way. The music ministry was singing earlier, right? We got some music ministry over here. So you could be singing. Watch this. When the glory shows up, you can't sing. When the anointing is present, you sing better. That's different. Say different. When the anointing is on you, you sing better. When the glory shows up, you can't sing. When the anointing is on me, I preach better. When the glory shows up, it's not my time to say nothing. It's not my time to shine. And so, so, so when, when the glory shows up, there's only two entities involved. When the glory is manifested, it's just God and you. You don't have to come up here. We don't have to have no altar call. We don't have to lay hands on nobody. We could just say, bam, the power of God can hit people laying out all in the hall, all in the lanes, all out there in the bathroom. The bam, the power of God hit all these people here. Nobody laying hands on nobody. But when the anointing is present, you need to come up here. Right? Uh, no. Hey, there's an anointing present right now. Come, come quickly. Why? So then you got to come up here. Why? Because the anointing is when God flows through a human. So when the glory is manifested, there's only two entities involved. It's God and you. When the anointing is manifested, there's three entities involved. It's God and the person being used and then you. So here's the problem. If you have a problem with the human in the loop, it's going to be hard for you to receive from the anointing on that person. So you got to get past that, and you got to develop a culture of honor. Listen, if you can understand what God is releasing to you today, this is going to change your life. So you're not going to get hung up on people's hang-ups anymore. Say amen to that. So let me break this down. When you're receiving from God directly, it's just you and God. When you're receiving from God through me, so now I'm in, involved in the process. And when I'm involved in the process, there's some people here that don't know me. So you're good. You can just receive. But, and there's some people that know me that have a good opinion of me. Then you're still going to receive. But there might be some people in this room that don't like me, that little Puerto Rican dude or whatever. And I ain't even Puerto Rican. You know what I'm saying? I'm Dominican. <laughs> right? Oh, well. Joshua and Caleb tried their best. That was like, man, and the Bible says that the gospel, Hebrews chapter 4, the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them, but it didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So the more, the more common you see the person, the harder it is for you to receive from the God in the person. This is why, this is why, watch this, Elder Bell, this is why uh, pastors, oh, let me say this one. When I first came to VCMI and we were in um, uh, um, Arizona Avenue, 
my first, like, Sunday in BCMI, 2010, I walked in, and, you know, I guess, you know, they had the first two rows uh, reserved, and I sat in the, like, right there in third row, bam, and, and Pastor Cynthia was, like, maybe, like, eight feet away from me. At World Changers, me and Isabella heard her, we was way in the back, like, you know, you could barely see her, and I'm like, man, she's, like, right there. She's, I could touch her like that. And I was like, whoo. She came out, I was like, man, that's a woman of God. And then the service was going on, and I told Isabella, I said, I don't think people here know who she is. I'm, I'm honest with y'all. This is what I told her. And I walked up to her later, and, and I said, I don't think people here understand who you are. She said, you need to tell them. You need to tell them. <laughs> you, need, you need to tell them. God. I mean, why? so you got to understand, listen, this, this is why. This is why. This is why Pastor Tony could come up here right now and preach, and, the, and, and it was like, oh, that was good. And, and, and a few people get blessed. Hallelujah. That was good, right? And then Pastor Tony said, hey, I'm, a, I'm going over here, you know, I don't know, to Frederick, Maryland this afternoon. Whoever wants to go with me, meet me there at 4 o'clock. And he goes over there. Kenny, he preaches the same message. And the whole church is wrecked. Right? He preaches the same message. And the whole church is just laying out everywhere. You know why? Because people get too familiar. The greatest threat to the anointing is familiarity. This, this is why I'm trying to listen. Understanding honor can change your life. This is why, this is why it's, it's dangerous, watch this, even this, Kenny, it's dangerous for family members to be in a church because if you are a family member of the pastors, you've got to have another level of honor in your heart because if you see that pastor as your family member and not as your pastor, you can't receive from the anointing on the pastor. This is why I remember one time I was, I was, uh, I was preaching in, uh, in Augusta and the, I mean, the altar call, it was like, my God, I, the altar call is longer than the word. And people just like all over the place. And, and my daughter was back there like, you know, uh, she's probably watching right now. Her face was like tied up like she was sucking lemons. Why? Because I just took her phone. <laughs> right? So the power, this is when she was a teenager. So the power of God is on me, but she can't receive. That joker took my phone, you know? And so this, I'm just... You got to understand honor. Like, we laughing, but this is for real, for real. If you have an issue with the person, you might miss out on the anointing on the person. All right, let me give you some Bible. Let me give you some Bible. God has chosen to use people, but you got to honor the person in the loop. Let me give you some Bible. Mark chapter 6. I'm going to read for you verses 1 through 6, easy to read version. This is what the Bible says, beginning at verse 1. Jesus left and went back to his hometown. Uh-oh. His followers, his followers went with him. All these kind of people's there. And on the Sabbath, watch this, he went, say Jesus went to church. On the Sabbath, he taught in the synagogue. They said, Minister Jesus, can you teach today? And they said, oh, Minister Jesus, he's from down there. He's from right here, y'all. He's one of our own. Come on now. He's going to teach. And he came up there to teach. And many people heard him. And they were amazed, right? They were even amazed. They said, where did this man get this level of teaching from? He has all this wisdom. They were like amazed. This man is teaching with someone that has authority. All of that. He has the power to do miracles. And then verse 3 says, wait a minute. Hold on for a minute. Isn't he just the carpenter that we know? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said he does miracles, but isn't, that's the boy. Yeah, he grew up, I remember. He was right down the street. Isn't that the boy that fixed, you know, Junebug roof? Right? 
Ain't that the boy? He made my cousin's dining room table. How can he be the anointed one? And so verse 4 says, Then Jesus said unto them, People everywhere give honor to a prophet, except in his own hometown, with his own people, or in his own home. And verse 5, one of the saddest verses in the Bible, the Bible says, Jesus was not able. It doesn't say he didn't want to. It says he was not able to do many miracles there, except healing a few sick people and laying hands on them. And then he was surprised that the people there had no faith because they had issues with him. So he went to other villages. So he shook off the dust and he said, forget it. If y'all ain't going to receive, it's not that I'm not anointed. It's just that you don't see me the way that God sees me. And you don't see me the way that I see me. And if you can't receive from me, there's other people that's going to receive from me. So I'm going to keep it stepping. He shook off the dust and he kept going to other villages. I'm going to go to people that honor me. I'm not going to waste valuable time on people that don't honor me. I'm not going to spend time. Because as a matter of fact, even if I did spend time with you, it's not like you're going to receive it. And so I'm going to go to people that honor the anointing that's on my life, and I'm going to pour into them. Say amen to that. And so, 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 see, some mistake, here's here's the problem. Some mistake, when I'm teaching right now, Brother Bullock, some mistake this for man worship. Some mistake this for man worship. That's what the world would say. You see, they just, I ain't giving my money to no pastor. Mm -mm. And yeah, they just over there, they just want to do all this stuff for the pastor. He put his leg, his pants on one leg at a time, just like me. No honor. It's better that you don't even, if you think like that, don't even come here. You ain't going to get nothing. There's no honor. You got to see somebody the way that God sees them. Say amen to that. This is not man worship. This is the culture of the kingdom. And so let me, let me give you Luke's account. In Luke's account, the Bible says, let me just give you uh, Luke chapter 4. And, and, and so the Bible says, Luke, uh, Jesus comes up to the synagogue. And, and they said, minister Jesus. Oh, look, minister Jesus is here. Mr. Jesus, can you read the scripture for us, please? He comes up to read the scripture. R.W. Schambach said that, that the way they used to do it was they had a scroll, and whoever read last Sabbath put a little pin on it, you know? And it just so happened, say just so happened. It just so happened that whoever read last Saturday ended at the last verse of Isaiah chapter 60. And so he rolls up, opens up the scroll, and he was like, oh, snap, Isaiah 61 and 1. And he read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set the captives free, to preach, to set at liberty them that were bruised. The Bible says he closed the scroll, gave it back to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, this this day is this scripture fulfilled while you are present, while you are hearing. He was saying, guess what? Guess what? I'm, this is my coming out party. I'm going to come out right now. I'm coming out. What you just read? 700 years ago. He was saying, he was saying 700 years ago, I, I poured out my spirit on Isaiah. Isaiah wrote something 700 years ago that is manifested right now. This day is this scripture fulfilled while you are present, while you are hearing. And they said, that's Joseph's son. No honor. Say no honor. They said, that's Joseph's son. That's Mary's boy. Jesus said, a prophet is without honor in his own hometown, but in Luke's account, say Luke's account. In Luke's account, he gives two statements. It's like Jesus makes these two statements, and then Art, he doesn't explain the statements. 
So I'm going to explain it today. <laughs> so, so in Luke's account, it, right after that, he was like, man, these people, they, they don't even honor me. So in Luke's account, he says, well, he looked at the people and said, well, you know what? A prophet is without honor in his own hometown. He says, you know, Elijah, you remember Elijah? They was like, yeah, we know Elijah. And you, you remember what he did with the woman in Zarephath? It was like, yep, there was a bunch of widows right there where he was. He just left that right there. He didn't explain it. He said, let me just leave that right there. Then he was like, you remember Elisha? That was like, yeah, we know Elisha. He was like, guess what? There was a bunch of uh, lepers right there where he was. But he left that right there. What was he saying? Let me explain. He was saying, watch this. There was an anointing present on Elijah during those 42 months of famine. There was an a, a anointing present on Elijah for, for provision. Right? And so, so remember how he, God had the ravens to come like Uber Eats and deliver him food and all that? And so, so it was on a schedule like twice a day, you know, like what time do you want your lunch today, Elijah? You know, that kind of thing. And so, so it was all that. And then when that dried up, the Lord said, now I'm going to send you to somebody. Watch this. She doesn't have much, but there's an anointing on you to give her excess and abundance and increase. But because what you're going to say is a hard thing, I got to send you all the way to Zarephath because I got to send you to somebody who's going to honor the anointing on your life. There were some widows right there, Jesus was saying. There was widows right there, but I can't send you to the widows right there because the widows right there, when he said, I'm asking, the lady said, you asked me a hard thing, but I'm still going to do it. He was saying the people right there would not have done it. So I have to send you all the way. I'm talking about, I got to send you to a stranger. So the anointing can flow. He says, Elisha was right there. There was an anointing present on Elisha to heal leprosy. And there was a bunch of lepers right there. He, God had to send somebody all the way from Syria. God had to send somebody all the way from Syria to tap into the anointing. And, and even then he almost messed up because the man of God didn't give him what he wanted. And he almost got up in his flesh. And the servant had to say, listen, sir, if he had asked you a hard thing, you would have been doing it already. But he submitted to the anointing. Jesus was saying, listen, there was an anointing present on the man of God, and there was lepers right there, and nobody tapped into it because they were too familiar. You got to understand that there are people in this room that are so anointed. There are people in this room that have what you need. You don't just have to go to the apostles. You don't just have to go to the elders. There are people at VCMI, look at me, for those of you that are watching online. God has connected you to people that have something on their life. Manage your exposure. God has connected you to people that have something on their life that you need. But what you can't get, you are not going to receive from them if you keep looking at them as a mere human. You got to discern who God called them to be. Honor sees them the way that God sees them and receives from them the way that God explains it. Say amen to that. All right, all right, I'm pretty much out of town, so let me, let me close with this example. Let me give you one last example, uh, and I'm going to teach on the difference, because at the end here, watch this, at the end, this is where you're really going to get blessed, I'm going to talk about honoring yourself. Because we say this every week, say, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So, Jen, this is the problem. Some members of VCMI go to the mirror, and they can't see themselves the way Jesus sees them. They, they, some of us go to the mirror and say, as Jesus is, so am I. Some can't see it. And if you can't see it, you can't have it. And so, so you got to see yourself. Watch this. If God is not hung up with your hangups, you can't be hung up with your hangups. You got to honor yourself to the point 
where you believe what God believes about you. All right, let me give you this last example, and then we'll, we'll go to that. So Mark chapter 1. So, so, so say Jesus of Nazareth. I know that today there's all like these church of the Nazarene and all that kind of stuff. Like Nazareth was awesome, but I'm from the ghetto, right? I'm from the hood, for real, for real, East New York, Brooklyn. And so, so, so East New York, Brooklyn, it's like, can any good thing come out of East New York? My God. And so, so, so when they say, can any good thing come out of Nazareth, it's because Nazareth was the ghetto. So in the Bible, all the people that call Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, watch this, study it for yourself. Not one person that ever called Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, got a breakthrough. Not one. Say not one. one. Prove me wrong. Go study it. Go study it. Not one person that ever called him Jesus of Nazareth got anything from him. Only the people that call him Jesus, the son of David, or Jesus, the son of God. Say amen to that. All right. Let me give you an example of this, and then we'll wrap up. Mark 1 and 24, the Bible says, saying, let us alone. These are demons. Say demons. The demons said, leave me alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? You see how the demons was trying to be nasty? They was like, Jesus from the ghetto, leave me alone. Leave me alone, right? Matthew 1 and 1. But Matthew's talking about the generation of Jesus. He says, this is the book of the generation of Jesus to Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So Matthew was honoring him, but the demons were devaluing him, right? Let me give you a real example. Throw this up there, please. I need you to throw up Mark chapter 10 and verse 47. Mark chapter 10 and verse 47 from the King James Version. Mark 10 and 47 from the King James Version. I need you to see this for real. And so, so please throw that up there. Uh, I, want you to, I want everybody to see this. I'm going to read it for you. If we can get that, can we get that? All right, I'm going to read it. All right, so he, this is what the Bible says. Mark 10 and verse 47. There we go. And we're talking about blind Bartimaeus, <laughs> the son of Timaeus. Watch it now. Hey, glory. All right, so, so watch it. And when he, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, when he heard that it was who? What did he hear? He heard Jesus of Nazareth. He heard, he's a blind man, and he heard, hey, there's this man coming, but he's Jesus of Nazareth. He's Jesus from the ghetto. He's, you know, they're trying to devalue, disrespect Jesus. But this man, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, he wanted his breakthrough. So what did he hear? Jesus of Nazareth. What did he say? Throw it back up there. Throw it back up there. He heard that Jesus of Nazareth was coming by, so he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, watch it now, have mercy on me. He was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to devalue. I'm not going to disrespect Jesus like that. Jesus is not Jesus of Nazareth to me. Jesus is the son of David. Have mercy on me. He was like, I'm going to honor the man of God. I'm going to receive from the man of God. you got to honor the human in the loop in order to receive from the human in the loop. you got to stop seeing people as just mere men. Say amen to that. All right, all right, let me close with this. Let me give you uh, 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 seven quick things as I close. Number one, God sent you to this planet at just the right time for such a time as this. Number two, God has anointed people around you. Say around me. He's anointed people around you to bless you. Number three, God has exposed you to people that you need. Say my exposure. These are the people that you need to become the man or woman that God has called you to be. Number four, if you don't honor the anointing on their lives... You're going to fail to receive from them what you need to receive from them. Number five, the world is dishonorable. You live in a dishonorable world. The world will devalue people. 
The world is always saying stuff like I said earlier. I put my pants on one leg at a time. I, you know, I'm not going to su- submit to no man. I'm not going to let no pastor tell me what to do. I ain't going up in that church. Okay, fine. You're never going to receive because you got the wrong attitude. You, you need to develop the culture of the kingdom. In the culture of the kingdom, I honor people. I see them the way that God sees them. Number six, if you want to operate in the kingdom, you got to learn how to honor the people that God has placed in your life. And number seven, and finally, last thing. Say last thing. If you are going to become the man or woman that God has called you to be, you are going to have to learn how to honor yourself. You are going to have to learn how to look at yourself in the mirror and preach to yourself. You're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror and believe what God believes about you. Listen, you're going to have to go into your prayer closet, get downloads from another world. You go into your prayer closet, God speaks to you about your future. You see yourself doing that thing. You see yourself running that business. You see yourself speaking to those people. You see yourself operating on that level, and you have to honor yourself in order to become it. God is not hung up with your hang-ups, and so, so stop beating yourself up. The grace life means it's all about Him. It is the grace of God. You are who you are by the grace of God. It's not your works. It's not your performance. It's not because you're good enough. You know what? Even in the middle of your mess up, you got to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Even in the middle of your frustration, you got to look at yourself and preach to yourself. I'm talking about this is a year of progression for us. For us to be the church that God has called us to be, we need you to be who God called you to be. There are some people, watch this, not only are there some people in this room that, that are waiting on you to honor them, but watch this, there are some people in this room that are waiting on you to honor yourself. There, there's some VCMI is waiting on you for the, they're waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God that we are waiting on you to be you there's something on you that you need that we need listen God places members in the body as it pleases him God sent you to Victory Christian Ministries International for such a time as this this is your season this is your time this is your turn but you're going to have to believe God. You're going to have to believe what God believes about you, and we're standing all over the building. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 I know, it, I know it's honor day, and I know you're like, oh, we're going to do another honor day. We're going to do that whole thing with the military and the first responders. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. We, we still need to do that. But if you can understand honor the way that God sees it, this can change your life. It can change your life forever. As a matter of fact, when you're ministering to somebody, and you honor them enough to see them the way that God sees them, and you start speaking into their life, and you start speaking over them, you would see them break down because of the goodness of God. When they know that you know stuff about them and you're not holding it back and you're not allowing those hangups to keep you from speaking blessing, I'm saying like you got to see people the way God sees them and you got to see yourself. Say, I honor myself. Matter of fact, let's speak that. Let's speak that over our lives. Say, Father, I thank you for the word this morning. I open my heart to believe what you believe about me. And at the same time, I honor those that you placed in my life. There's something on them that I need. And I declare that in this season, 
I'm going to tap into the anointing that is on their life. You are a God of honor. I am a child of honor. And I operate in the culture of honor every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise all over the room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.